Welcome to Radio Naturopath, the talk show about health and natural medicine. This show will first be broadcast on Wednesday, August 16, 2023 on 91.7 FM WHUS Stores. I am Fran Storch, ND, naturopathic physician with my co-host Ron Meniza. I'm coming to you live from beautiful Mansfield Hollow, Connecticut. Comment below to let us know you're here and ask questions. You can also email me at radionaturopath at gmail.com. If you'd like to listen to this show at another time, you can check out our podcast at whus.org, iTunes, Spotify, Patreon, and Buzzsprouts. You can also check out my Facebook page, X, and Instagram at FranStorchND. The views expressed on this program do not reflect the views of the staff management or licensee of this station. The information presented on the show should not be construed as medical advice or direction. If you're having a medical condition, please consult with your physician. Here's the update on my back and my legs and all kinds of stuff. So I went to physical therapy a week ago today, and I will be going this afternoon as well. And it was a very interesting experience because I saw Vera, and Vera, it's amazing. I can't, uh, these practitioners who barely touch you, and they're doing, they're not doing very much, and you're like talking to them while it's happening. It's amazing that they barely touch you, and then you get off the table, and you're like, whoa, I am so much better. Well, it was like that. It was incredible. So I had a very good experience with that. And when I talked to Vera, she said, I'm going to send you to Olga because she will give you exercises to do. I need to be treated as um, a rehabbing athlete. So I need exercises to do. I need to be strengthened, and I need to be told when to stay on and off the bike. She also told me that it was okay to start walking and every day is even fine, but no more than 20 minutes. First she said half a mile and I said, you should probably give me a time, an amount of time to go walking. She said, okay, 20 minutes. So I did 20 minutes and then I started walking, I think two days later on last Wednesday and I walked pretty much every day since then and some days longer than 20 minutes, like more like 25 to 30 minutes. Uh, yesterday we went 36 minutes and I wonder if it was too much. Believe it or not, because of what I have, I have this knee that's twanging, that's, that's got the sprain strain. And then I've got not entirely good service from my femoral nerve to my left leg. So it's tiring. My legs don't entirely hold me up. And it's so humbling because I'm used to being able to ride my bike. I mean, on Memorial Day, I rode my bike 54 miles. And I'm used to being able to be very fit and active and do all kinds of things. And so to have to walk 20 to 30 minutes and feel like it's exhausting afterwards was incredible. She also said, go ahead and do whatever you want in the pool. If you want to do laps, if you want to do exercises, anything you want to do in the pool is fine. So the next time I went into the pool, which was last Wednesday, I tried to do laps and I found that I could do it and it didn't hurt and it felt good. So I wound up doing 20 minutes of laps on Wednesday and again on Saturday. So I got a lot more exercise, which was nice uh, to the point where yesterday, you know, after we did our 36 minute walk in the heat, I conked out early at night. And uh, I'm looking forward to later today because I'll be done with my physical therapy by like 4.30 or so. And then I can come home and just crash out for the rest of the day. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that'll be nice. But today, but right now I'm doing the show. And then after I do the show, I have to set up the show and process it and upload it. And then, um, then I go to the office and then I have charts. And then I get to go to PT. And one thing I like about going to um, physical therapy and chiropractic and massage and craniosacral therapy is that I enjoy it. I look forward to it and I enjoy it. 
these things don't hurt and you know you're going to feel better afterwards and I enjoy interacting with the practitioners and seeing what they're going to do and how they're going to help me. I, I do recommend going to various, like if you have any kind of a physical issue, whether it's arthritis or back pain or any kind of pain anywhere in your body, um, getting some kind of physical medicine is a great thing. And all of the physical medicine modalities I have done have been helpful in one way or another. A chiropractic is always helpful. Um, acupuncture is always helpful. Uh, certainly physical therapy is helpful and craniosacral therapy. So I saw Therese last Wednesday and um, she was very helpful as well. And she said that she felt a lot of releasing going on in the various parts that she was uh, addressing. So I'm very pleased about that too. Um, it's just slow going. And um, I, again, when I see Olga today, I don't know if she's going to clear me to get on the bicycle even for a short amount of time which will be very sad for me because um, Saturday is the steeplechase bicycle tour and I have done the steeplechase bicycle tour every single year since 2004. Whoa. Yes. That's a long time. Some, um, you know, varying distances. Um, the first year I did the 50 and many years ensuing I did the century. Uh, that was the first century ride I did with you in 2005 with you, Ron, in 2005. And yeah. um, then I did the century pretty much every year, except for one year it was pouring. So I only rode 30 miles with you and Diane DiBerardino. I, I don't remember what year that was. Um, there's pictures. Because that was the first time, uh, because we did the short ride, that we stopped at the Holy Cow Family Shelter. So there's a picture of me holding a bunny at, at the Holy Cow Family Shelter. And uh, I, I'm not sure what year that was. And then in ensuing years, once again, I went back to doing the century. And um, I think I did the century every year until there wasn't one. And and then, well, then there were certain years when I was either not feeling well or I was injured. So I only wound up riding 70 or 80 miles. So I skipped the really hilly part uh, towards the end. And I would plant my car at my friend's Shane and Alice's over in Pomfret. And, um, and I, I had two friends with me and, um, they would go on and lead that route and I would, uh, they would ride that, that stretch and I would follow them in my car and I'd plant my car again at the Eastford Baptist Church. Um, and then we would ride together back. Um, one year we did that and I had the car at the Eastford Baptist Church and we were called off the course because it was bad weather. So that, that was a few years oh, ago. I remember that. Yeah, yeah. That, yep. that it was thundering and lightning, and they said you you you're not riding back from here. And, and so I had to drive everybody. I'd drive a couple people back, and they other people got driven back. But I've done the steeplechase every single year, so I'll at least show up. And if I can't ride, I'll sit at the Holy Cow Family Shelter, which is uh, right next to my uh, house. You know, very close walking distance from my house. So I'll go do that. And I might do that anyway, uh, depending on what happens if I do ride. And if I ride, I'm only going to ride the 20, which is the shortest I will have ever ridden. Mm. It's humbling. Humbling, I tell you. Humbling. You'll so, get better soon. Oh, I hope you're right. It's just taking mm. too long. Um, the other thing that's interesting is that um, my physical therapist is not clear that I even have a herniated disc, that it's just a disc bulge. It's either a disc bulge or I bruised my femoral nerve. Um, I mean, it does respond to exercises um, that help herniation. So when I arch my back, um, it does feel better. And if I and I'm trying to avoid forward folds, 
because um, I'm I'm feeling like that aggravates it, that which is the con- the concern about riding the bike because you're in a you're in an extended uh, you're in extended position or, or flex position I should say, uh, and so so we'll see what they say. You know, I, I I feel like I'm not doing enough core activity right now, and that's something I have to talk to uh, Olga about today. So this will be exciting. So I'll keep reporting. I'll tell you what's going on. Um, I am taking the other thing I'm going to do is I'm taking I'm taking collagen right now. I've been taking collagen every day for a good month or so, uh, and it's agreeing with me, which is great. And then I do my bone broth protein shakes. I have some anti-inflammatories like curcumin. I am mostly not taking uh, naproxen. I'm not, like, I haven't taken an anti-inflammatory drug pill in maybe a week. Um, I will take it. If I take it, it's usually going to be on a work day when I'm sitting a lot. Uh, But when I'm not, on days I'm not working, I don't feel like I need to do it because um, if I'm in pain, I can, there are things I can do to get out of it that are not pills. I can drink water. I can stretch. I can change my position, so it's a lot easier to do on non-work days, so I tend not to take the uh, pharmaceutical anti-inflammatories. But I'm always taking curcumin, and I'm taking my uh, my specialized pro-resolving modulators and uh, my resveratrol and other anti-inflammatories. Um, and the other thing I'm going to take is I'm going to get green-lipped muscle. I'm waiting for that to show up. Um, so green-lipped muscle is... Um, I thought it had the little lip sticking out. It's not a thing that sticks out. If you see a green-lipped muscle, what it is, it looks like a regular muscle, but um, it's bright green around the edges. It's really interesting. And they originate in New Zealand. So green-lipped muscle has essential fatty acids. Extract of green-lipped muscle has essential fatty acids in it, and it has some chondroitin sulfate in it. So it helps you both to uh, reduce inflammation in your um, in your joints, and it also helps to rebuild them. So it has a little bit of both going on. So I'm going to try that and see if that helps too. So in terms of rebuilding, I have the um, the collagen collagen peptides, um, and the collagen peptides are combined with flavocoxids, which are anti-inflammatory as well. So I've got a bunch of anti-inflammatory going on, natural anti-inflammatory. I got a bunch of rebuilding going on, and. What I feel like I really need today is to lie about. You should lie about. I'm going to lie about. You I'm actually gonna... have to do it, though. To do it. I know. Right. It's true. Yeah, yesterday um, I, I could have lain about more than I actually did. Um, so anyway, so the next thing I want to talk about is COVID. Um, I wanted to remind people that COVID-19 is not gone. But the risk level of catching it in Connecticut is still very low right now across the entire state. If you look at the COVID map, they color code it as to how likely you are to catch it, what the percentage uh, positivity and um, what the um, what, what how likely you are to catch it. And, and the, the entire state is green, the whole state. So it's not really going around that bad. Having said that, um, I have seen patients, uh, not in my office, uh, virtually, who have had it or uh, been exposed to it. So interestingly, most people in Connecticut have not gotten the, so get this, most people in Connecticut have not gotten the bivalent booster that includes the Omicron strains that was available last fall, as of last mm. fall. Gee, the that's percent, interesting. Yeah, the percent that have re- received it is from a low of 19% in Wyndham County to a high of 33% in Middlesex County. And Tallinn is running in like the mid-20, we're sitting in Tallinn County right here in Mansfield. So um, Tallinn County is running in the mid-20s. 
Um, and that's that's interesting because in Tallinn County you have um, you have Yukon, but I guess a lot of Tallinn County is not Yukon, and so there, it's higher than Wyndham County, but lower than um, Middlesex County. And I wonder if that has something to do with socioeconomics, uh, such as access to vaccines and also political leanings. The rest of the counties are mostly in the mid-20s with, pre, uh, with um, previous bivalent vaccination. Uh, I still think it's a good idea to clean your nose. Uh, so anyway, before I get into things that you can do to help with uh, prevention or possibly prevent, I can't say they definitely will prevent, but they can be helpful. Um, that um, I wonder, it's interesting that Middlesex County is the high, is the most vaccinated county. And I wonder if it's because, my, my theory is that Middlesex County is, I, I don't know if this is true, is the most economically, is the least economically skewed county in the state. Hmm. That um, Middlesex County has, the, has, um, they're, they're middle to upper class, basically across the board. I mean, think of what's in Middlesex County. Is that that's like Old Saybrook and it's Middletown? Uh, yes, Middletown, mm-hmm. right? That across the board, Cornwall, uh, right? And Middletown yeah. is not a huge, huge city, like Bridgeport is, right? Um, and so that so more people are vaccinated. And what what gets people to get vaccinated? That people who lean to the left tend to get vaccinated. People who are worried about their health t- tend to get vaccinated. And people lean to the right tend not to get vaccinated. Wyndham County. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I think we have more um, right-leaning people in Wyndham County, and we have a lot of um, hippies in Wyndham County too. Yes, we do. Um, so people who are not so trusting of, of vaccinations. Non-establishment um, type people. Yeah, we right. have, we have a lot of that going, and libertarians and and that sort of thing in Wyndham County, and Wyndham County is basically our backyard. I mean, we are literally on the border of Chaplin and Wyndham. Where we are, I mean, where I can walk to Wyndham County from where I am. Uh, literally, it's it's around the corner. The, the Chaplin border is four tenths of a mile from here, right? Mm-hmm. Something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. What is the schmutz on your ear? Schmutz. It's, it's, it's called ear schmutz. Oh, okay. <coughs> I don't know. Is it grease? <laughs> I don't know. It's black. It's from black working and, on bicycles. Maybe and that's stuff. what it is. That oh, might, that's yeah. hilarious. Okay. Um, so that's an interesting piece. And should you get vaccinated, that is up to you. Um, and there are, I, I'm concerned about the vaccination. I'm concerned about not getting vaccinated. If you, got, if you got vaccinated and you didn't have any bad effects from the vaccinated, you may want to continue to get vaccinated. If you had bad effects from the vaccination, you may not want to. Uh, but I'm not going to tell you whether you should or you shouldn't. Um, that that all depends. That that's definitely your choice, and um, you you know you have to weigh the pros and cons. Um, and the vaccine probably will help you not have as severe a case. If you had a bad reaction to the vaccine, then the bad reaction from the vaccine may not be worth it. Um, and you know I was vaccinated three times. I did not get the bivalent vaccination, but I had a reaction to the vaccine. So um, I'm very concerned about getting uh, vaccinated again myself, but I would never tell somebody not to do that. Um, and so it's, it's interesting to, that there's this um, disparity in, um, in vaccination rate across the state uh, and that no more in any one county, no more than 33% of people have gotten the bivalent vaccination, that, that, which means that 67% in Middlesex County did not. 
and even higher everywhere in the 70s uh, everywhere else so people are not what what's up with that people are not trusting of the vaccine i suppose i would say that's probably a possibility or they're tired of getting or vaccinated. they're just tired of it yeah they might also just be tired of it yeah by the way just for your interest we have a a wren couple a carolina wren couple that has made a home for their babies in one of our tomato plant, our, our potted tomato plants. Yeah. And uh, I think that there are babies in there because they keep coming back with food. Okay. So, um, and so I'm telling you this because the wren is calling right now. There's so, a lot of wren noise in the background here yes, today. And yes. it may be picked up on this mic. Right. So you might hear, yeah. if you hear a, a tweeting, it's the Carolina wren. It's very interesting because I get to watch the Carolina, if I'm sitting in the yard, um, I'll hear this wren crowing, and then um, if I hear it, I look for it, and then finally I find it, and then they come onto the patio, and one of them goes in, and one of them stands guard. It's kind of cool. So Carolina wrens, as I understand, they make nests from May to October, and they may have multiple nests going on. Um, I, I didn't know that. That was interesting, too. All right, so getting back to this, if you want to help to protect yourself from COVID-19... Get rest. If you're in a situation where you're going to be close to a lot of people, you may want to consider wearing a mask. Um, and what I have been seeing, that's the other thing I've been seeing when I go to the supermarket, I'm not, I wouldn't say that most people are wearing masks, but I would say I'm noticing it more, that more people are wearing masks. Most people aren't, but I will see a number, not just one or two, but like five or six people shopping who are wearing masks. And I'm also seeing several people wearing masks, uh, several staff wearing masks at these establishments. Haven't seen it at the Romantic Folk Co-op, but definitely have seen it at the supermarket. So that's kind of interesting. So people are getting concerned about COVID-19 again. Um, what will I do about masking? What I'm definitely going to do about masking is when I go on the plane, I'm going to go visit my mother in September. I'm going to wear a mask on the plane because it's just too close for comfort in there. Um, and beyond that, I, I don't think I'm going to. I mean, unless okay, there's a huge uptick in cases. But I do not want to bring COVID-19 to my mother. And I don't want to bring it home either. So anyway, um, I had a patient who um, caught COVID. She went to visit her mother in California and planned to be visiting her mother for a week. But she tested positive for COVID. And she wound up staying with her mom for over three weeks until she was well, until she tested negative. And she said, I wish everybody would do that. <laughs> I said, that, that's nice. Yeah. So um, in terms of protecting yourself, um, it's still, it's a good idea to clean your nose. And remember, there was a study that showed that people who use neti pots with saline got past their COVID-19 faster than people who didn't. So salt, therefore, kills COVID viruses. There was a study that showed that. So I'm not just telling this because it's what I think and what naturopaths do, but it was actually studied. So if you clean your nose every day, if you either use a neti pot or you spray your nose with something as simple as salt water, um, you, and you can go beyond salt water. You can use silver nanoparticles. Silver nanoparticles have also been studied to kill COVID-19. Um, and again, I wouldn't use silver nanoparticles exclusively and think that that's it. You're going to get over COVID-19 with just silver nanoparticles. But I'm saying there's been, there was a study that showed that silver nanoparticles can kill COVID-19. So you can spray, you can get nasal sprays with silver nanoparticles in it. You can also use nasal sprays that have xylitol. 
And the neat thing about xylitol is it'll go after anything else that's living in your nose. So your nose is a lovely warm environment for viruses, bacteria, and mold to live. So if you keep it clean, your immune system is going to be more on board and have less to distract it. So if you do come in contact with viruses such as COVID-19 um, or just the common cold, there are summer colds that are going around as well, you're um, less likely to, uh, you're going to be more able to fight them because you're not also fighting ambient bacteria, viruses, and mold that live in, tend to live in your nose all the time. So I know that if I clean my nose regularly, my I, my breathing is much better because you know we we have to work to beat back mold and dust in our house and so I, I usually wake up kind of sniffly and then you know once I get going and once I spray my nose I, I feel better um, so silver nanoparticles are great that you can get xylitol nasal spray you can get saline you can when you use the neti pot you, you whenever you put water in your nose you never use plain water you always use at least salt and it should be a hypersaline solution, which means it's saltier than what's going on in your nose. Uh, and so, so when you we say use saline, it's really better to use saline. Physiological saline is 0.9% solution. It, it's really better to use um, hypersaline, something that's a little more than physiological saline, because then you get the osmosis happening. Your nasal passages are, um, you know, your um, mucous membranes in your nose are at sitting at 0.9%. So if you have a hypersaline solution, then you're going to get osmosis. You're going to get the fluid that's sitting in your mucous membranes going out to meet the hypersaline solution because fluid travels, uh, the law of osmosis is that fluid travels across a semi-permeable membrane, your mucous membrane, from an area of low concentration to an area of high concentration to equalize the concentration. So you want, so you want your solution in your nose to be a little salty. Uh, so it can be a little salty. It could have xylitol and it have grape. It could anything anything in it as long as it's a higher concentration than what's in your mucous membranes. And so that's why if if you just use uh, a xylitol nasal spray, you're going to feel better. But generally, again, xylitol nasal any nasal spray that you use, one of the ingredients is going to be salt, as it should be, because salt is very helpful. And all of these things are antimicrobial. They just um, by osmosis when the salt gets into microorganisms, the microorganisms can't survive. So very helpful. And then what do you do right after you use your neti pot? What should you do right after you use your neti pot? What do you do after you use yes, your Yes, immediately after you use your neti pot. Blow your nose. No. 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 Very, very good for reminding me of that. When you use your, um, so when you use a neti pot, you're, you're passively pouring a uh, solution through your nose. Well, with an after, after that's true. After a neti pot, you could blow your nose. That's true. Okay. But after that's you spray your I nose do. with, if you use a neti pot or use nasal spray, nothing to do with the nose. What do you do next? I don't know. What do you do next, dear? Um, what's that solution, that nice solution that you keep making up with the essential oils that's in your bathroom? Uh, which one? I have a few. Right. Okay. So what you know. what you should do right after you clean you your nose... Us? is gargle. You should always okay. gargle because when you're using a neti pot or you're using a nasal spray, some of the stuff is going to drip into your throat. Also, viruses, especially common cold and COVID-19 that has Omicron in it, Omicron, ha Omicron versions of COVID-19 have common cold DNA in them. And so they behave like, D they behave like common cold, which means that they will set up in the back of your throat. 
So if you clean the back of your throat every day, you're going to be less likely to get stuff collecting there. And, um, and so also when you go to clean your nose, stuff is going to drip in the back of your throat. And so anything, so you want to catch anything that dripped, anything that's growing there and anything that drips. So, um, so, you, so gargling is a good idea too. And again, gargle with at least salt water. You can gargle with tea tree oil. Um, so Ron, why don't you tell us what is in your gargle solution? My gargle solution has baking soda and salt and um, it also has water and it has um, uh, peppermint oil and clove oil. Very nice. Mm -hmm. Very nice. So those are antimicrobial. You wanted it to be a little more antimicrobial. The clove and the peppermint are probably antimicrobial, but I throw some thyme in there. If you want it to be a tomato, if you want to gargle, do you gargle at the back of your throat with that? Or is that more I, for I your I do gums? eventually, but usually yeah. I swish it around in my mouth for about, you know, a two or three minutes. I would throw some thyme or, and or rosemary in there to get more antimicrobial activity. Okay. Yeah. So that that's a good thing. I, although cloves, clove is a great antimicrobial. Cloves are in, definitely antiparasitic. Mm. And peppermint, to an extent, is, is antimicrobial. But I think thyme oil... Thyme and rosemary, definitely thyme, are known to be nice and antimicrobial. So you probably want to throw that in there as well. And then, because one of the things you're doing when you're rinsing your gums is you're going after bacteria. Because when mm. you have overgrowth of bacteria, you're going to get more um, plaque and you're trying to get rid of the plaque. And um, then, of course, if you gargle, um, gargling is a very, if you're doing it anyway, you should gargle because then you're going to clean the back of your throat and you're going to be less likely to get sick altogether. I think that's been studied too, that people who gargle get sick less often or get through illnesses um, faster. Okay, um, so the other thing to do right now, you know, we're, we're um, showing this in the middle of August. When you go to the farmer's right, market right now, um, it's a great idea to eat healthfully. The farmer's markets are teeming with amazing produce right now. This is like this is when to go to the farmer's markets. So please, it's a great idea to find your local farmer's market and go. Um, Saturday for me was a two farmer's market day. I went in the morning and met everybody because I'm still not riding my bike. The bike club all went to um, the Lebanon farmer's market. So big shout out to Corey for having the idea and Ron for putting together the ride routes. Um, so everybody went to the Lebanon Farmer's Market, which we had never done before, and that was very cool. And um, because I couldn't ride, I drove over. And so I met everybody there and then um, went for a walk on the green. And big shout out to the folks who were mourning one of the fallen. Apparently there's a fallen fire um, firefighter from Lebanon because when I was finishing my walk, there were um, there are folks lined up along the sides of the Lebanon Green Walkway um, with a row of horses, and um, a little girl said hello to me. She went hi, and I looked at her, and she said, "It's me, Addie." And I I had met her the other day, and I didn't recognize her because her hair was down, and I saw her brother Jack too. So shout out to Addie and Jack and their mom, uh, Kate. I think her name is Kate, right? Um, so they were all there. Okay. So big shout out to them. And um, my heart goes out to the folks who were mourning their, their fallen. Um, and it was very moving to see that row of horses. They were all wearing a T-shirt from the Stirrup Valley, Stirrup Hill stable. Uh, mm. And they were all holding their horses and it looked very ceremonious. And people were 
showing up dressed up to go to the memorial service and there was a um there was an over you know an easy up with tables underneath of it and so they're about to have a, a gathering for it so that was moving and I did that and then I went to well, the other thing I did is I went to my friend's house and did the upside down table the um you know inversion, inversion table. table yes yeah. and that was very nice and th- that inversion table includes free kisses from a boxer <laughs> so one of the funny yeah. things about being on an inter- inversion table with a boxer is that you're upside down the uh, boxer is um, trying to kiss you and um, while you're there the boxer is standing behind you and standing upright and I'm upside down so uh, she's just standing there and I'm able to reach my hands behind me and rub her belly while she's standing so she got she was uh, she was all right that was that was pretty fun <laughs> but she's a very excitable boxer very cute and very excitable um, I have a little bruise because she jumped on me there there it is um, anyway so so an inversion table can be something that's helpful for anything that's going on in your back because once you have it and, and if you can't make it to the chiropractor it can help to align your back that can help to align your back and so can lying lengthwise on a foam roller or a bolster uh, all both things I, I forgot to mention so those are those are good things so uh, anyway so beyond the so we're talking about produce at these farmers markets so I went to the Lebanon farmers market and did that and I also got to cut some more sunflowers at the Liberty Hill farm which was very nice and they had different colors of sunflowers too they had pale yellow ones with red lines and then deep red ones too so I got a couple of those that was really nice and so um, anyway so I went to that farmers market and in the afternoon I went to the stores farmers market and absolutely teeming there's um, several farms there with incredible organic produce and um, there's farms that have vegetables there's farms that have fruit there's a farm that has mushrooms and we got some lion's mane which we're gonna saute and eat which will be very exciting Um, uh, anyway so getting your produce right now is a great thing to do salads soups stews uh, however you like your vegetables steam them uh, get some cauliflower and roast it in the oven and cover it in barbecue sauce if you want to do that Ron made these wonderful he's been making these Mexican bowls which are to die for they're just so good and I like mine with quinoa but if I don't have quinoa you know if there's no quinoa made you can give me rice I would eat rice in that Mm. but um, they have avocado and corn relish and jalapenos and what um, seasoned chicken yeah I usually um, do a taco seasoned chicken and covered in in some cheese he uses real cheese I use um, dairy free cheese cheese like substance um, and uh, black beans really tremendous you can make that anytime you okay. can make that five days yeah it's it. good very it's good. really good it's very I good. like it a lot I like it's, it a lot it's pretty simple and it's simple yeah. yeah so and oh and of course there were uh, local tomatoes and local uh, local greens in it as well so that was terrific so so then uh, the other thing it's a good idea to eat healthfully we already said that you want to get regular exercise whatever kind of exercise you can get which is what I'm doing you know given my injuries I'm still trying to exercise but what's the best exercise for you Ron the one you'll do right exactly Ron rides his bike a lot uh, I'm I'm going to ask I if like I can try to ride my bike this week I don't know if it's gonna happen um, but getting whatever exercise you'll do whether it's swimming walking running and by the way walking is not nothing 
walking is walking is very strengthening and especially if you're if you haven't been exercising a lot walking is a great place to start the other great place to start is in the water if you have access to water where you can exercise and i'm very blessed that i have someone who's letting me use their pool so i go in the pool and i was able to actually do laps and he's excited because he's going to show me his his floaty belt where you could what do you do with the floaty belt it's it's a special belt that you put on so you can run in the water oh. and it keeps you upright it stabilizes you and keeps you upright so yeah. you don't tip over while you're doing it and it allows you to suspend yourself basically from your waist and torso and then just run in place only oh. You're not really touching the bottom of the pool. You're oh. actually running against the resistance of the water. So I'm, I'm short, so I'm sure I won't touch the bottom of the pool. Yeah, that won't be a problem for you. It's a four, I'm pretty sure it's a four-foot pool. Yeah, mm. I mean, most, um, you know, above-ground pools that you can actually exercise, and they're about four feet, right? Something like that. Something like that. Yeah, so, and I'm able to do laps in the pool, which I did, which was great. Um all right, so getting regular exercise is good. Drinking plenty of water. Yes. As I am demonstrating. Um, yeah, water's good. Avoid processed food, sugar, and too much alcohol. I, I know you're going to drink some alcohol. Some of you are not going to drink any alcohol, but some of you are going to drink some, and I'm going to drink some occasionally too. Um, and get, get good sleep and rest. Um, this time of year, if you're eating well, you may not need to take extra supplements, but as the colder weather comes, um, you can consider the basics. You can consider zinc, vitamin C, and vitamin D at the very least. I like to add quercetin to that if you've actually been exposed to or have COVID-19. Um, I've noticed that there's, like I told you, there's an uptick in folks wearing masks in public places like the supermarket. And big why I've seen customers and staff both wearing them. And I'm not sure if this is because of reported increased cases or because various people have actually been exposed or have uh, conditions that make it so that they were extra concerned about catching COVID-19. And as I said, I've mostly stopped wearing my mask, but if it turns out that I have a patient with symptoms, I will wear one and ask them to do the same. Uh, and very occasionally I have a patient who comes in with who continues to wear a mask unprompted and when they do, I offer to wear one, and they often do not need me to wear it, but I still do. I'll be monitoring and reporting on the situation in the coming months. We'll see, you know, this COVID is uh, gone but not forgotten, or maybe not even really gone. Okay, so the next thing we want to talk about with you is, so one of the things I have is um, inflammation. I have, you know, inflamed nerves, inflamed muscles, and so I'm working on that. So if I would eat foods that reduce my inflammation... Um, I'm going to be helped. And I, I'm actually taking some supplements that reduce inflammation. But let's talk about some foods that reduce inflammation. So foods that reduce inflammation are probably things that anyone should be eating most of the time. The only thing that should stop you is if you have a food intolerance to a particular food that I mentioned. Um, so the, the bottom line is olive oil, berries, fruit, vegetables, spices, and fish. So what are the top in anti-inflammatory foods? Let's talk about the good, the good ones. All right. So first of all, berries. So I'm, I'm having berries most days, and the big ones that I tend to have are strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, and blackberries. So we're kind of past the season right now. I don't know if they're still growing raspberries over at the, the raspberry farm down the road from us, but and the, the, we're just getting like in our in our backyard we have blackberry brambles, and there's a few berries, there's a few blackberries left. 
when the raspberries took over, the blackberries started to not do so well. And um, so we have a few little blackberries here and there, mm. right? Have you yeah. checked on the blackberries? Not too many lately. Not too many. So I've been buying, you know, cultivated strawberries, blueberries, raspberries, blackberries. I'm getting organic ones. And I cut them up and put them in my, um, my coconut-based yogurt. Um, or I put them over uh, a small amount of muesli and or um, granola. And, and that's how I'm eating them. Um, and they have terrific antioxidants that are called anthocyanins that are anti-inflammatory. They are also, anthocyanins are also strengthening to blood vessels. So they're very good for your heart your and all the blood vessels in your body, um, whether, you know, blood, uh, arteries, veins, everywhere. Um, and there was a nice review of phytochemicals that can, said that they can help delay um, cancer development and progression. And they, they are beneficial as immunotherapy. Um, and they help keep your NK cells functioning the way that they're supposed to. Um, and then there was another study where people who were overweight ate strawberries and they had lower levels of inflammatory markers associated with heart disease. So they eat strawberries regularly. Strawberries are shaped, the, the, it's the doctrine of signatures. They're shaped like little hearts. So things that, that's the doctrine of signatures when something is shaped like the organ that it protects. So strawberries are like that. It's kind of funny. Um, and so, um, so you reduce your inflammatory markers by eating strawberries regularly. Fatty fish. Fatty fish have omega-3 fatty acids. You can also take fish oil. I'm taking specialized pro-resolving mediators, um, which are the particular anti-inflammatory portion of fish oil. So fatty fish uh, include salmon, sardines, herring, mackerel, and anchovies. Notice that when they talk about fatty fish, they're not mentioning tuna and swordfish, which are great sources of essential fatty acids, but they're large. And so this source is probably not mentioning them because they're concerned about heavy metal toxicity. They're, sure, they're concerned about mercury content. Um, so these fish, salmon spend a lot of their life in fresh water, so they don't tend to bioaccumulate mercury or other heavy metals. And sardines, all the other fish, sardines, herring, mackerel, and anchovies, are, um, they're tiny, so they don't have time to bioaccumulate anything. So that, that's why they're not considered to be a, a concern for heavy metals. And they are oily, and they are a great source of essential fatty acids. Uh, you have to like them, though. Not everybody likes these things. In our house, see, I like all of them. I, I'm not crazy about mackerel, but all the others I will eat. I will eat sardines, herring, and anchovies. Ron won't. Um, no. No. <laughs> and no. Sometimes I like to get, you know, um, prepared anchovies and put them in my salad. And Ron's like, great, you're having stinky fish. Um, but, um, I, but I do it every so often anyway because I like them and I get the essential fatty acids. But Ron does make us salmon, which is great. Mm. And he, he's doing this marination. He marinates the salmon. And by the way, if you marinate any kind of animal protein, you reduce inflammatory compounds in it. Um, so especially if you marinate it in, you marinate it in olive oil, which is anti-inflammatory, and then you marinate it in spices, which we're going to talk about. Um, and the, that re helps to reduce the inflammatory compounds that's in it. Um, so... There's EPA, eicosapentaenoic acid, and DHA, docosahexaenoic acid, in, um, in fatty fish, and they reduce inflammation. They increase the PGE 1 and 3 series of prostaglandins, which are anti-inflammatory in your body, and they decrease the PGE 2 series, the um, arachidonic acid and linoleic acid, 
which are pro-inflammatory. So um, when you have increased EPA and DHA, it can help you if you have metabolic syndrome, which is um, high cholesterol paired with um, blood sugar dysregulation, heart disease, actual diabetes, and kidney disease. Um, your body metabolizes fatty acids into what I told you, resolvins and protectins, and those are anti-inflammatory. So I'm actually taking the, the resolvins. Um, and the studies have shown that people who uh, eat salmon or take EPA and DHA re experience reduced cardiac C-reactive protein, which is, um, which is a marker for uh, cardiovascular inflammation. Um, and so, okay, so another anti-inflammatory food is broccoli. Um, so broccoli is very nutritious. Of all the cruciferous vegetables, if you're going to eat one cruciferous vegetable, that's probably the one, but please go ahead and eat any cruciferous vegetable. If there's a cruciferous vegetable you like, please eat it. If there's a vegetable you like, please eat it. Uh, because not everybody likes vegetables. I'm aware of that. But broccoli is really nutritious. Um, you know, cauliflower, Brussels sprouts, and kale are also cruciferous vegetables. Um, they're associated with a risk, a decreased risk of cancer and cardiovascular disease. Uh, they have a lot of antioxidants in them. And the particular antioxidant that's in broccoli is sulforaphane. Um, and it decreases inflammation. Uh, it decreases your cytokines and your NF-kappa-B, your nuclear factor of kappa-beta, um, which drives inflammation in your body. Um, and so the big sulforaphane in um, broccoli is I3C, indole-3-carbonyl. And so that's what tends to do it. You'll get more indole-3-carbonyl in broccoli sprouts than you will in actual broccoli. So you can sprout your own broccoli or you can find broccoli sprouts at the store. Then there's a thing we ate last night and eat a lot of the time, and that's avocados. Ron throws them in our salad. He put them in our Mexican bowls last night, which was mm -hmm. wonderful. They have fiber, monounsaturated fats, magnesium and potassium, and carotenoids and tocopherol. So they're really nutritionally, uh, they're very power-packed. Um, and they have great fiber. Um, so um, there's a study, um, there's a compound in avocados that can reduce inflammation in newly forming skin cells. Um, and those who ate avocado for 12 weeks had a reduction of specific anti-inflammatory markers, especially interleukin um, 1 beta and also C-reactive protein. So avocados are anti-inflammatory. Hmm. Then there's green tea like matcha. Ooh, maybe I'll make a matcha latte today. Um, it's one of the healthiest beverages um, that green tea is associated with a reduced risk of heart disease, cancer, Alzheimer's, obesity, other conditions, and it's high in EGCG. If you take matcha, so EGCG is an incredible antioxidant and it's studied to be anti-cancer. Um, and when you consume matcha, you're taking green tea in a powdered form and you're consuming it. Whereas if you take a tea bag and you put it in water and let it steep, you're not, you're going to take the constituents that come out in the water and consume those. You're not actually eating the tea. When you do matcha, you're consuming the powder, right? When you do powdered matcha. Um, so you're getting more antioxidant bang for your buck. You have to be careful how much matcha you consume though, because since you're consuming the plant, you get more caffeine that way. So you have to adjust how much matcha you can handle uh, based on um, based on how much caffeine you can handle because a teaspoon of matcha is going to have more caffeine in it than if you were to steep that teaspoon of green tea in water. You're going to get more caffeine from the matcha. 
but it's an incredible way to get antioxidants. Caffeine doesn't bother you. Matcha is a great way to go. Um, and I really enjoy the taste of matcha and green tea, and not everybody does. Um, if you put lemon or lime into green tea, it will make the polyphenols, the antioxidants, the EGCG, more bioavailable. So ice green tea is a lovely, refreshing drink to have in the summer. You have the ice green tea with lemon. You could put mint in it if you want to or not um, and sweeten it very lightly. You can sweeten it with stevia or a little bit of monk fruit or you can put a tiny bit of sugar in it if you want to. Um, it tastes pretty good on its own with just lemon in it though. All right, and then there's peppers. Uh, chili peppers and bell peppers, they have a lot of vitamin C in it, which is they're great anti-inflammatories. Um, and they they also have quercetin in them, which reduces inflammation. If you eat peppers regularly, they, your quercetin, you'll do better. You might do better with COVID-19 because quercetin, and, and any virus, because quercetin helps to drive anti-inflammatory compounds into the cells. So any medicine that you take for your COVID, the quercetin, or, or for any virus, uh, it will tend to get in the cells better. So if you do quercetin with vitamin C, it will help to drive the vitamin C into your cells more readily. And it's anti-inflammatory on its own. Um, so chili peppers have ferulic and synaptic acid, which are other anti-inflammatories. Then there's mushrooms. Like I said, we bought some actual lion's mane and they're big, puffy, kind of look like a lion's mane, but they're white. Interesting. Mm. So we, we have a recipe on how to saute them with butter. So we're probably going to do that at some point. Um, there's many, many mushrooms you can try. Uh, shiitake, truff, uh, truffles, portobellos, um, all of the mushrooms. So portobello, domestic uh, button mushrooms, they're the same thing. You just let them grow really big and then they become portobellos. And uh, mushrooms should be eaten cooked better um, if they're cooked in a water extract because then you get the beta-glucans that are in them. And the beta-glucans um, help with uh, all kinds of immune properties. Some mushrooms, um, so their mushrooms are generally anti-inflammatory, but some mushrooms are better for some things. And the cordyceps is thought to be an alternative. It helps with your health overall, whereas lion's mane is known to help with nerve healing and nerve function and cognitive function. Um, and when you do domestic mushrooms, shiitake, reishi, and reishi and um, uh, maitake, I think of those all, they have a lot of beta-glucans in them and they're good for immunity. Um, and so you just have to eat them properly. Putting them in a soup is a great idea because you're hot water extracting them. You're going to have more bioavailable beta-glucans. If you saute them, then um, you're going to downregulate the number of toxins that are in them. And when you're sautéing them, it's good to sauté them in some water along with um, whatever fat you're putting in them so that you get, uh, so that you're extracting the beta-glucans and making them bioavailable. Then there's grapes. So the grape season is going to happen soon. And we have grapevines, just wild grapevines growing on the, uh, the power lines, which are just fallow fields, essentially. And they're growing all over the place. Um, we have a fence that's near our house that there's a grapevine growing over it. And Ron went and pruned it this year. So now we're getting grapes. When you prune plants, uh, the plant thinks, oh my God, I'm dying. So it send out, sends out more flowers and you might get more fruit. So if you want fruit on a tree or flowers on a bush uh, that's not producing, you have to prune it because the plant will respond with pruning by, oh my God, I gotta make a new plant so it'll make more flowers. So that's what we have to do with the, the lilac bushes. You have to prune it. I did. And we got a flower. 
and I pruned it after the flowers went away. Yeah. So we should get more next year. Yeah, that'll be exciting. Right. And so, and, and we have grapes growing because you pruned the grapevine. Because we mm. didn't get any last year. Um, and we didn't understand why. And then I realized, well, actually I was told by my dentist that if you want fruit, you have to prune. So right. if you want prunes, you must prune. <coughs> That's yes. Those. Yeah. So. Something like that. Yes, so grapes have lots of resveratrol in it, which is a great antioxidant compound with a lot of health benefits. Um, and resveratrol protects you against inflammation. So that's one of the anti-inflammatories that I am taking. Uh, we have some grapes in the drive. I'm not up for grapes yet because I'm still into berries and peaches and stuff right mm. now. Um, and um, there are studies on resveratrol and... Um, finding that the people who took resveratrol supplements for three months uh, had a decrease in IL-6, interleukin-6. So that's another anti-inflammatory compound. Um, and there's another study that found that people who had grape extract decrease, increased their adiponectin, which is going to help you with fat loss. So that's interesting. That's an, If you're interested in supplements, that might help you with weight loss. I'm not super big on those, but I will suggest some to people. Like uh, the next one I'm going to talk about, turmeric and MCT oil, those maybe will help. I mean, basically what helps with fat loss is uh, calorie deficit uh, in the uh, context of hormonal balance. Some people have a hard time finding that hormonal balance and wind up having to do um, surgery or drugs for it. So that, that's a whole other topic. Anyway, so turmeric is anti-inflammatory. We all know that. Um, it's uh, often found in curries. Um, it has curcumin in it, which is a wonderful um, anti-inflammatory anti antioxidant. And uh, turmeric helps to reduce inflammation from diabetes, arthritis, cancer, um, any kind of inflammatory condition, autoimmune conditions. Um, there was a study on metabolic syndrome where people took a gram of curcumin daily with um, with piperine from black pepper uh, who had a different... Uh, who had an, in, a decrease in cardiac and C-reactive protein with this uh, um, inflammatory marker we keep talking about. Um, and so curcumin, as you've heard me say before, if you want the curcumin, curcumin needs to be able to be absorbed systemically. So in order for that to happen, it has to be enhanced. If you get one that's not enhanced, you can use it for gastrointestinal inflammation. So if you have uh, ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or any GI inflammation, turmeric will help that. We make Ron take um, non-enhanced curcumin because since um, he had his surgery for um, his hernia, he had a couple of instances where he got an intestinal blockage. So we decided that, uh, you know, the first time was when you had your um, cardiac surgery. Mm. So we figured you had too many card inflammatory markers around because you had just had surgery. So we're like, all right, your GI is sensitive. We're going to make you take turmeric. Um, and I think we did that after the second time it happened because it happened again months later yeah. where we had to take you to the ER specifically for that. And though you've been taking curcumin or turmeric since then, curcumin. So you've been taking it for two years now because that's when we gave it to you. It was two years ago that I we took so. you to the hospital yeah. for that blockage. And you yeah. were out in a couple of days. That was good. Um, and so and it hasn't happened again. Boy, those wrens are active, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Um, so what we do, so so piperine um, from black extract of black pepper can help 
turmeric to be uh, absorbed more readily. And when, um, when you make curry, curry powder, one of the ingredients is going to be black pepper. And so you're going to get more uh, absorption when you use curry powder in your food. Um, and then um, there are other ways that turmeric is enhanced. It can be enhanced with phosphatidylcholine, which is the phytosome form, because your cells like phosphatidylcholine and uh, they use it to line the outside of the cells. So anything that is attached to phosphatidylcholine is going to be more likely to be absorbed into cells. So you absorb, cell absorbs the phosphatidylcholine, then it brings the substance mm -hmm. in. So you get more turmeric into your cells. Uh, if you have um, water dispersible uh, curcumin, that's more absorbable too. And then there's the newest one, amorphous curcumin. Um, so these, if you get any of those, you're going to get more systemic absorption. So if you're trying to use it for anti-inflammatory um, events in your body, it needs to be either piperine, phytosome, um, water dispersed, or um, amorphous. Okay. Then there's extra virgin olive oil. Um, it has, it's high in monounsaturated fats. It's great in the Mediterranean diet. Um, it has... Um, it's thought to reduce the risk of heart disease, brain cancer, obesity, and other health conditions. Um, and that if you have a Mediterranean diet, it, there's there's um, there, there's inflammatory markers that will get decreased. Um, there's a compound called oleocanthal, which is an antioxidant in olive oil. It's compared to anti-inflammatory drugs like ibuprofen. So if you eat olive oil, you may not need as much naproxen, ibuprofen, aspirin, any stuff like that. Um, and extra virgin olive oil has more anti-inflammatory effects than other olive oils. And when you buy olive oil, you want to make sure that it's in dark glass and that it is, in fact, 100% olive oil because some cheaper companies will cut it with other oils that are not as beneficial and that you don't want the oil absorbing toxins from uh, plastic. So you want to buy your olive oil in dark glass and, that, and make sure it's 100% olive oil. And there's also something about the expiration date on it, too. If it's not dated, then it's not generally good olive oil. Right. That, that I don't know good if that's true or not. But either an expiration date or a, 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 um, a date when it was extruded. When it was extruded. That's, yeah. what, that I meant, that's right. what I meant to say. Yeah. yeah. Then there's dark chocolate and cocoa, your favorite thing. Lots mm. of antioxidant. has flavanols in it. Um, that The flavanols are responsible for the chocolate's anti-inflammatory benefits. And there was a study where people had cocoa flavanols a couple of times a day, and it helped to decrease their blood pressure and arterial stiffness. Um, and uh, it and so when you're getting cocoa, you've heard me say this before. Get your cho get chocolate bars that have at least seventy percent of um, of cacao, and they're not um, they're not dutched and they're not alkalized. Dutched alkalized, same thing. To, because they'll do that to take the bitter taste out of it, but that bitter taste is actually what you want. So, Then there's tomatoes, and wow, we are in tomato season now. Uh, now, there are some people who can't do tomatoes. They can't do nightshades in general, but if you can do tomatoes, get some fresh ones at the store or the farmer's market now because they're bursting with carotenoids, vitamin C, and lycopene, which are wonderfully anti-inflammatory. We're getting lots of lycopene from our tomatoes right now. Okay. And lycopene is great for reducing inflammatory compounds that are related to cancers. And when you cook them in olive oil, you get more lycopene. Cooked tomatoes have, are, the lycopene is more bioavailable when they're cooked than when they're raw. Mm. But 
you're still going to get a lot. If you're getting wickedly organic, terrifically grown tomatoes from either of the Bryans, you're going to be okay, yep. so I, I think. Um, and so, but lycopene, so if you, if you're eating a raw tomato on your sandwich or salad and it's raw and you want to get the lycopene, just pour some olive oil over it and olive oil will help you to, um, to make the lycopene more bioavailable. That's the thing. When you put oil and vinegar on your salad, I learned this from Susan Weed. So thanks to Susan Weed. Susan Weed, the herbalist said to me, you pour oil on your salad to make the carotenoids more bioavailable and you pour vinegar on the salad to make the water soluble components like your, um, your vitamin C and your B vitamins and your minerals more available. Cool. Huh? Then there's Mm. cherries. I've still got cherries in the, um, in the drawer over there. They're, Terrific with the sources of anthocyanins and catechins, which decrease inflammation. Um, tart cherries, tart cherries and sweet cherries both have lots of anthocyanins in them, so you can do either one. It's been shown to reduce C-reactive protein. Um, there, there's some varied studies, but that's another thing you can do to get your anthocyanins. All right, so um, Inflammatory foods are going to be your processed foods, refined carbs, fried foods, sugar-sweetened beverages, and processed meats, especially if they have nitrates in them. But eat them in moderation and eat lots of the other things. All right, so those are foods that uh, help you with inflammation. So that's all we have time for today. Hmm. So I'm going to go. That, But that's a good thing to talk about, anti-inflammatory foods. We'll talk about inflammation more next week. I've got a whole... Uh, series of stuff to talk about so all right so you've been listening to radio naturopath the talk show about health and natural medicine i am fran storch nd naturopathic physician with my co-host ron Meniza. you can email me with questions and comments at radio naturopath at gmail.com if you'd like to listen to this show at another time you can check out our podcast at whus.org itunes and spotify you can also leave questions or comments at my facebook page twitter and instagram at fran storch nd The views expressed on this program do not reflect the views of the staff, management, or licensee of this station. The information presented on this show should not be construed as medical advice or direction. If you're having a medical condition, please consult with your physician. Thank you for listening to Radio Naturopath, your show where you can learn about the best of science and nature. We'll be back with more Radio Naturopath next week at 91.7 FM, WHUS stores, and whus.org.